Well, I want to go to uh, Exodus chapter 18, verse 20, and I have a six-point message that answers the question that a, there was a guy named Francis Schaefer who was actually a local church pastor here in St. Louis off Ballas Road on a Presbyterian church there for a few years. He uh, was really a voice uh, in the decades past. He wrote a book, How Shall We Then Live?, and he asked the question, you know, what, what is the life of a believer in a fallen world? What does it look like? Well, we're the light of the world. We're the salt of the earth. And the Bible answers these questions in, in, in ways that are pretty specific. And, uh, but, but I want to go to a place in Exodus 18 that, that pastors often go to when um, they get frazzled and uh, get spread too thin and... Um, and they need to reprioritize, and they need to find people to delegate to. And uh, it, it's the story of Moses, and um, it, it's really great advice from his father-in-law, Jethro. And he's uh, trying to do too many things all at once. Uh, and happy Mother's Day. Uh, this describes motherhood right here. But anyway, Moses, he's, he's trying to tend to everybody. He's judging all the, the, he's the minutia, the medium, the big things. He's trying to do too much. And uh, his father-in-law says to him in verse 14, what is this thing that you are doing for the people? Why, why do you alone sit and judge all the people, uh, uh, the people stand about you from morning until evening? Moses said to his father-in-law, because the people come to me and inquire of God, when they have a, a dispute, it comes to me, and I judge between a man and the neighbor, his neighbor and make known the statutes of God and his laws. And um, so Jethro's father-in-law, Moses, Jethro, Moses' father-in-law says to him, the thing that you are doing is not good. So uh, as, you know, this is good father-in-law advice. He says, you're, you're over committed, you're overstretched. He says, you will surely wear out both yourself and these people who are with you, for the task is too heavy for you. You cannot do it alone. Now listen to me, I will give you counsel, and God be with you. The, you be the people's representative before God and, and bring the disputes to God. Then look at verse 20. This is what the distillation of Moses' primary job duties as a leader in his particular time. Then teach them the statutes and the laws and make known to them two things, the way in which they are to walk and the work they are to do. The way in which they are to walk and the work they are to do. Moses in spiritual leadership was spread too thin. Similarly, in the book of Acts chapter six, in the early church, uh, there was the distribution of food to the Hellenistic Jews and um, uh, widows and to the Jewish people's widows. And there was an argument, uh, an, um, a complaint arose. Uh, and that is, by the way, what happens in revival and harvest and growth. Uh, complaints arise. That's part of the sign of revival. So we are in revival right now. But anyway, uh, they... They, they were tending to too many uh, things, so um, they, God spoke to them and led them and said, look, it, it's, they, they recognized 
we can't just be preoccupied with waiting on tables. We need to be in the ministry of the word and prayer. So that's very similar. That's a New Testament echo from the Old Testament. And so they, both cases, it was a thing of looking for people that were faithful, whose hearts were committed, whose hearts God had touched, uh, who had a good reputation, filled with the Holy Spirit, wisdom, so forth, serious about God, that they may put them in charge of the task. And that they would go into their uh, reprioritization. So it was the case with Moses. So was the case in the early church. The solution was God-ordained delegation and identifying people that were truly called. Uh, and the eyes of the Lord look for people to find people like that. But part of what the development is, is what I really want to talk to you about. And that's my introduction. It's a different introduction than I shared in the last service, or I will in the next. But somebody here needed to hear it. Make known to them the way in which they are to walk and the work they are to do. The way in which they are to walk, conduct, behavior, manner, and the work they are to do. And uh, so I'm an, I've got a good word for you on Mother's Day. Are you ready to hear it? If you're a note taker, you could write down, I've got six points. And um, you're going to ask me, which was number three? You skipped over number three. And then I'm gonna, I will have forgotten what number three is. So I, but a good thing I have it on my, my notes. So I'll, I'm going to keep on track with this. Everybody say, walk this way. In the words of Aerosmith, and my favorite is with Run DMC, that was the best one, walk this way. John Wayne, the famous cowboy actor, had a certain walk. And somebody said, uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Mr. Wayne, how do you... How do you walk like that? And he said, well, I put one foot in front of the other and I walk this way. You know, and it, and it was, he literally did that. I watched it on a video. Of course, Groucho Marx said, walk this way. And then, then Harpo and those guys followed. And uh, Paul the Apostle said, be followers of me as I am of Christ. And the Bible is pretty emphatic about some specific, clear ways that we're to live, the work we're to do. And uh, we're to study these things and ponder these things. Um, conduct is important. Uh, the Bible says that we're to conduct ourselves with wisdom. Colossians 4, 5. It says, conduct yourself with wisdom toward outsiders, making the most of the opportunity. Um, and so I, I'm not an opportunist, but I do love opportunity. And I hear opportunity knocking. Opportunity is what happens in a moment like we're in. Doors are opening, possibilities are occurring, hearts are becoming tenderized, God is opening up ways for us. Opportunism is manipulative, it seizes, it's sort of sneaky, sleazy. I don't like opportunistic people or opportunistic things, I don't like it at all. The devil's an opportunist, he looks for an opportunist, opportunity. But in God, there are opportunities, and we need to make the most of ours uh, and, and, and we need to walk in wisdom in our time because the days are evil. And it says in uh, Ephesians 4.1, Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. You are called out of darkness to show forth his excellencies. You're called to draw close to God 
as our Father and connect with Him and develop, and you're called to conform to the image of Christ whom He foreknew. He also did predestine to conform to the image of His Son. And so there are uh, things that are laid out in the Scriptures that please God. This is why Moses was, was responsible to make known to the, to the Jewish people then in his era the way in which they were to walk and the work they were to do. Same thing with the apostles. It wasn't right for them to just be caught up in the, in the table waiting. We, we've got to be in the ministry of the word and prayer. And all of us as Christians, we've got to, we've got to fight to get back to the essentials. We've got to get back to our first love. We've got, you know, those of us who are married, it becomes so complex. You know, we, we start out in a romance and we're a, there's attraction and then there's a covenant and a bond and exchanging of vows and a devotion. And then we have kids. And before you know it, we're, we're, we've got ATM written on our forehead. We, we're, we're, we're referees and umpires of fights and so much crazy stuff. We're, we're shuttling. Uh, we, we are a chauffeur service, you know, it, it, and it can get, and we've got to get back to, the essence of the original fire, original fire in our relationships, original purposes for which we were set apart. So how do we walk? How do we then live? Well, there are, there are six points I want to bring to you. Number one, number one, we're to walk by faith. We're to walk by faith. And one of the famous verses, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, uh, Paul the Apostle just, just wrote it just so it was so pure. He said, we walk by faith and not by sight. Circumstances around us can look pretty grim, but we have our eye of faith where we are trusting God. And in the worship today, you could sense the, the, that embedded in every statement we were making. The Lord God Almighty reigns, and you know, you brought me through so much. I mean, that was such... Such articulation of this, hey, God, we have faith in your faithfulness, right? The Lord's been good to us. In the last service, there was a, a widower, a recent widower, sitting right behind a lady who has recently been widowed. And I, I think first and second row, pressing in. I'm not just moved by what I feel. I, 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 he wipes away every tear. And in fact, they did have tears. And we weep with those who weep. But past the tears... They're lifting up their eyes and realizing, God, you are God and you are faithful. You always will be God. And I have faith in your faithfulness. Faith somehow pleases you. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. With faith, it pleases God. So what, what in the world is faith? Faith is a firm persuasion and a confident expectation that what God has said in his word and what's presented in terms of his character displayed through Jesus his love for us, his availability in prayer, his promises concerning all the garbage of life. For example, I have faith in the healer that during the pandemic, we could go to God and say, Jesus, by your stripes, I am healed. So you're bigger than the pandemic. You're bigger than these viruses. You're bigger than the C word. Those of you who've had cancer diagnoses and those of you that have had issues, you know, uh, that, that have, have almost designed to traumatize you, yet... He pardons all of our iniquities. He heals all of our diseases. You know, like King David, when he, not if, but when he failed, he ran to God because he knew God was so merciful. He had faith in God that he would forgive him. That's, what we're, that's where we're all at today. That's why we're here. And, and, and so Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4, 
It says it over and over again through the Bible, but in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4, it says, Behold, as for the proud one, detached from God, independent, I don't need you, his soul is not right within him. The proud one, uh, so, you know, the, the, the fool says in his heart dismissively, there's no God, I don't need God. You guys are, you're just using that as a crutch. You're just religious, you're superstitious, you're, you've embraced mythology to try to pacify yourself through the complexities of life. I've heard all those dismissive things. I don't agree with one of them. Jesus is king of kings and lord of lords. He's a very present help. He's available. He's major. He's mighty. He's, he's walked me through some stuff. This is road tested, man. I have faith in God. He says, behold, as for the proud one, his soul is not right within him, but the righteous shall live by his faith. So I walk by faith. Say this. I walk by faith and not by sight. Now, I want to tell you what that's not saying. It's not saying, hey, hey Jesus followers, get in denial. You know, don't, don't be realistic. Just ignore everything. Just kind of, you know, just be just kind of wide-eyed, mouth-breather kind of religious people. No, 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 no. No, he says, in the world you will have tribulation. He said, but be of good cheer, take courage, take heart, take a stand. I have overcome the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. And who has overcome the world but he that believes Jesus is the Son of God. He's the Lord over the urban areas, the suburbs, and the rural areas. He's the king of kings over Asia, over the Latin world, over the Scandinavian world, over Europe, over America, over all the nations. He's, he, his glory and the knowledge of his glory is going to fill every place. And I have faith for that. So do you. He said, when I return, am I going to find faith on the earth? I love when Jesus commended the woman with the hemorrhage. He said, woman, your faith has made you whole. So if her faith could make her whole, your faith can make you whole. Faith in God, faith in his promises. Faith comes by hearing, Romans chapter 10, verse 17, and hearing by the word of Christ. And I pray God quickens that to you. If you've been dull, I pray God gives you your edge back. If you've been lukewarm, I pray God gets your fire, puts your fire back. If you've been discouraged, I pray God puts courage back. If you've been distracted, I pray God brings your focus back. If you've lost your joy, I pray the joy of the Lord would strengthen you starting right now in Jesus' name. Say, I walk by faith and not by sight. Number two, we're to walk in love. This is important. Faith and love. In, uh, what is it, Galatians? I think 5, 6, it says, faith, so faith works by love. Boy, the love walk is important today. The Bible says in the end times, because, because lawlessness has increased, many people's love will grow cold. The spirit, the anarchy spirit, it's not new. It was going on in the days of ancient Egypt with Joseph. The, it was going on in Babylon during the, the captivity with Daniel and, and, and the, when they tried to throw people in furnaces and lion's dens. It was going on in the Roman Empire when they, for sport, would gather gladiators, throw Christians to the lions, and get, gladder, have gladiators slash each other, and the people were so obscene, they, they would eat and purge. Nothing's new under the sun. They were crazy. So humanity all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You, I, 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 the idea of a utopia and humanistic improvement, it's a nice ideal, but it doesn't work. Because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. 
But yet, he says, I'm producing a, something called the church. He said, I will build it, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Today, God is protecting, preserving, and defending, and holding up his shield around his people. Angels all around us, God's supernatural plans shall surely come to pass. And uh, so Philippians 1.27 says, Only conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come to see you or remain absent, I will hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel, in verse 28, and in no way alarmed by your opponents. God wants us to walk in faith and be confident that no weapon formed against us will prosper, Isaiah 54, 17. Every tongue that rises against us in judgment, we condemn. This is our heritage as servants of the Lord, and our vindication is from him. He is the one that loves us, and I have faith for that. He's the one that embedded his love in us, Romans chapter 5, verse 5. The love of God is poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And by the way, I want to tell you that with conduct, the definition is, number one, the manner of acting or controlling yourself. This is in the dictionary. Manner of acting or controlling yourself. And, and uh, I think about the behavioral attributes of the new birth. Uh, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's what God has put in our hearts. When, when we become a new creation, the old things pass away, new things come, and he puts this change. That It's the result and a byproduct of the new birth. So then how do we walk this out? How do we live this out? First and foremost, faith pleases God. Without it, we can't please him with it. It's possible to please God. And then we walk in love. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2 says it this way. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, it says, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, as dear children, and walk in love. Everybody say, walk in love. Just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. Now listen, love at one of its highest points is sacrificial. It's devotion. It's not all about me. It considers the other person. It's a there-you-are attitude rather than a here, give me, give me, I, I, me, me, my attitude. It crucifies selfishness. When you walk the love walk, you are forced to be considerate to others. There's so much inconsiderateness present through social distancing, through the, the isolation. Uh, we are better together, and it forces us to work things out. I like Chuck Swindoll, the, the, the sermonator, the pastor, that was uh, head of the Dallas Theological Seminary for a while. He's from Southern California. He's a good preacher. And uh, he said, Christians are like porcupines. And then he paused. And I thought, I want to hear this. He said, the world is so harsh and so cold that it forces all of us porcupines to huddle together to stay warm because the world's so crazy. But then, oh, wait a minute, we have quills. So then we back into each other and we all poke each other. And, then we, and, and I thought, that, that makes sense. That's like, that's, like, that's like true. That's like sometimes our household, sometimes church, sometimes your work, sometimes society, right? And, and, uh, and yet God insists that we do this because by this shall all men know that you are my disciples when you have love for one another. 
God's called us to walk by faith. He's called us to walk in love, even with all our differences. Even in this present environment we're in. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had to do this. While they were displaced out of Jerusalem and deported, they, they were called the deportation. For 70 years, they were captives of a very harsh, godless environment called Babylon. And Babylon still exists. It's, it's society without God that ignores God, that tries to do it in its own power. And yet God's called us to be the light of the world and the salt of the earth. So we do not have the privilege of escapism or evacuation or isolation or uh, being cloistered or being uh, uh, hermits. God insists that we go into all the world, make disciples of all the nations, preach the gospel to every living creature, including the people you like and the people you don't like. And do it in an elegant, non-threatening way and doing it with consistency. Everybody say, I walk by faith. I'm walking in love. And what is the love walk? Chuck Swindoll said, love is value. Love is value. And I love bringing Gary Smalley here. He had a PhD in theology and yet he, he was such a humble-hearted, sincere person. And um, I love bringing him in because he taught us about walking in love. He taught husbands how to love their wives and things like that. And, and, and the Bible teaches children, love your parents. And parents, fathers, don't exasperate your children. And there, there are a lot of do's and don'ts in this book that if we'll listen to it, it'll help us and lead us toward a consistent life. It'll help us out of, out of lethargy and into activity, but not like just spinning our wheels. God's called us, and even like I started with, not spinning plates. Like in a church like this, we've had very key seasons and, and project orientation. Uh, that's just the way I think. We, we, we do uh, events in a skillful way. So I just figure, let's make every 365 days uh, eventful. Let's make every day an event. Let, let, let's get up every morning and say, what do you want to do now, Jesus? I'm open, man. You, it, why? Because in Ephesians 2.10, it says we're his workmanship and that we're created in Christ for good works, which God prepared beforehand. Listen, that we should walk in them. So that's my last point, so I jumped ahead. So if you're writing point one through six, that was number six. But number one is walk by faith and not by sight, meaning that we're trusting God in the big picture. We see crazy stuff happening. Gas prices go up. My God will supply all my needs. We see a pandemic. Jesus is the Lord that heals me. We see society getting harsh, and God, we pray the blessed are the peacemakers, and we pray anointing God. We pray for those in authority over us so we may lead a quiet and tranquil life in all godliness and dignity, right? And we walk in love. Love is value. Love, the Bible says we're to love our enemies. Even people you, it's easy to love the lovable. I was, you know, I got to hold my little one-month-old little granddaughter. What's not to like about her? She just looks at me. I think she smiled. I think I might be her favorite. And uh, it is, you know, but, but then there's some unlikable stuff. 
And yet God wants us to value and pray. There's, there have been people that were antagonistic and harsh and ugly, and I would start praying for them because the Bible says, pray for your enemies, bless those who curse you. So I started saying, God, maybe what the early church did when they saw Saul of Tarsus breathing threats against the early church, they maybe they got to praying for that. Oh, God, move on Saul of Tarsus, move on Saul of Tarsus. And God turned Saul of Tarsus into Paul the Apostle on the road to Damascus. And I said, God, what, whoever these harsh voices are, God, there's a month, while they have breath in them, turn them around that they will come to know Jesus. While there's life in them, give them a chance. Send laborers to cross their path. Don't be a hater toward the hateful. Lift them up and believe God for them to be saved. Wow. Love is patient. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, it's kind, not jealous, doesn't brag, never arrogant, doesn't act unbecomingly, doesn't seek its own, is not provoked, does not take into account a wrong suffered. Say, I'm walking in love. Number three, we walk in the spirit. I'm convinced that we are a three-part being, spirit, soul, and body. We're not just a top of the animal heap because we have an opposable thumb. We are created in God's image. I embrace the biblical worldview that in the beginning God created, male and female, he created us. He said, be fruitful and multiply and subdue the earth. Gave us a volitional, decisional skills and name the animals, you know, tend to the garden and so forth. And man has messed it up ever since, except the Redeemer was sent to restore humanity and gather up a people. And we're to walk in faith in that, that God has a plan. What he's initiated, he'll sustain and bring to full fruition. But that it must be done in love, and it has to be done in the Spirit. He told the Galatians, Paul said, Have you, having begun in the Spirit, are you now going to be perfected in the flesh? And in fact, it says this in Galatians. It says, it says in Galatians 5.16, it says, But I say, walk in the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of of the flesh. For the, look at this, the flesh sets its desire against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And it says, for these are in direct opposition to one another. There's polarity between the flesh and the spirit so that you may not do the things that you please. The flesh has these impulses. Our spirit has these inclinations toward God who is a spirit. John 4 says, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. And this is not advocating mysticism. This is not advocating some sort of Swami-like guru kind of, of mystique. What it is, is it's very practical. God is spirit. He speaks to us. His spirit bears witness with our spirit. The spirit of a man is the candle of the Lord. That's God speaks to our hearts. And then, it, of course, it filters through our mind. That's why we need to have our minds renewed. Uh, occasionally we have sensory reinforcement, very rarely, I think, but on occasion. And when those things happen, those are nice perks. Uh, but, but ours is a, is a call to a maturity where we walk by faith and not by sight. And we don't get addicted to sensory reinforcement. Even now, this is quite powerful what's happening. God's word is spirit. And these are spiritual thoughts spoken in spiritual words. The Holy Spirit is imprinting something into your spirit right now about faith, about love, about walking out this spiritual life. As you are a spirit, you have your mind, emotions, and thinking faculties, and you have a body. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 says we're to present our body a living sacrifice. 
We're to consider ourselves dead to sin and alive to God. Put off the old man, put on the new man. We get it. That's what we do. And we do it by the Spirit. We crucify the flesh by walking in the Spirit. We could actually, and Tony Caminetti, who's one of my favorite preachers, who's coming next weekend, he's so calm and so, yet so powerful. He's one of my favorite speakers. I'm so looking forward to him coming. He says things in such a simple, sweet way. doesn't inflect, doesn't overdo it. Uh, uh, about if, if you feed your spirit, it will gain the ascendancy. Like, uh, my, like the spare tire, if, if you don't feed it, it won't grow. <laughs> Quit looking at how tight my button is right now. See, some of you in the first row, this could be dangerous. <laughs> I'll disarm myself right now, so now that's better. You're safe. But we know that. We know the fluctuation. If we eat right, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll stay fit and trim. If we don't, we get flabby. My dad used to talk about fattening foods. What are those? All the ones that taste good. Anyway, all right. <laughs> but on the other hand, you sow to the Spirit, you'll reap life everlasting. The mindset on the flesh is death, but the mindset on the Spirit is life and peace. And that's what I love about a moment. Like we were on vacation. We went to a local church and they sang praises. And then they, the preacher came out and, and, and ministered. And it was right out of the book of James. And I was like, I had just read the first part of it. So I thought, oh, I'm tracking with this local pastor. And it was a really a sweet moment. We just went in, heard the word of the Lord, got so refreshed, left, went and had breakfast, got to witness to somebody, got to go and engage and have a great day, ride bikes and just kind of have a little moment. And I think that could be the case here. That could be the case in this moment right now. Your faith is being fed. Your love walk is being uh, called upon. And, 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 you know, the world is trying to get us to step out of the love walk. The devil doesn't want us walking in the spirit because we pose such a threat when we do. We covet earnestly spiritual gifts and we hunger after the things pertaining to and of the Holy Spirit. But not in some sort of elitism or goofy swami behavior. I've seen that so much in the church. People become more spiritual than God. They become the most spiritual in the church. And they act like it. And then they draw disciples to themselves and go off into their little fixations. This is a call to action where it shows up in the fluid, simple, daily functions of our life. Like how we treat the person in the... Uh, the checkout line or the clerk or the, the person while we're in the drive-thru or how we, can, how we connect while we're on the road. I remember one time I was driving off of Clarkson Road onto Highway 40. And in my blind spot, there was a motorcycle that I did not see. And when I pulled out in front of him, I realized it was my fault. I, I didn't see him. I didn't, it was just, it, it, it wasn't his fault that he was in my blind spot. It was my fault that I didn't wrench my head around and look back there in the blind spot. And my neck really doesn't turn that far, but I would have, you know, like an owl. But I remember as soon as I saw him and he had, he swerved out of the way and we had a moment. And my wife was sitting next to me. I went. And he went. I'm thinking that guy's adrenaline was probably shooting out of his head, you know. And just that mercy, that's the opposite of road rage. And if anybody should have been mad, it should have been that guy at me. This was years ago. I drive much better now. <laughs> I, had to wait. I had to wait to the pass the statute of limitations so I could share the testimony. But anyway, <laughs> if we walk in the spirit, 
we'll end up looking so sensible because we'll be sensing the presence of the Lord and we'll be walking with him and his counsels. So let's set our minds on the things of the spirit. You know, for example, be civically conscious and find out what's going on in the world, but don't binge watch the news cycles too much because it's now currently designed, if it bleeds, it leads, and it's for advertising, and the love of money is at its root. So it's not really, let's be, help people to be equipped and civic conscious so they know what's going on in the, in the panorama of things. It's in order to sell shampoo and, uh, you know, uh, uh, relief factor and, uh, you know, all that stuff. So, you, you know, you, you have to predicate and you have to spend most of your time with what will build faith. What builds faith? God's word. What produces the love walk? Jesus. If we walk, watch him, he, 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 when he was being crucified, said, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they're doing. You know, to err is human, to forgive is divine. And if we walk in the spirit, the Bible says that we're not under the law. If we walk in the spirit, we won't fulfill the dictates of the flesh. This is what Tony Caminetti said. If we feed our spirit, it'll gain the ascendancy. And then our flesh and our our thought processes will line up. If we just get soulish and we're just leaning on our understanding, then we've got some problems. And if we just get in the flesh and sow to our flesh, then it gets us lopsided. Does that make sense? Yeah. Number four, walk in the light. Walk in the light. First John 1, 5 through 7. And uh, this is the message we've heard from him and announced to you. That God is light. And in him, there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Verse 7. But if we walk in the light, say that, walk in the light, as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. We walk in the light. This is what it says in John chapter 1. This is the judgment that men actually love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. But the true light has come to enlighten, not to condemn us or shame us, but to enlighten every person and to liberate us. He that the sun sets free is what? He's free indeed. Free to walk by faith. Free to walk in love. Free to walk in the spirit. And free to walk out in the light. And this is what I think about King David. Not if, but when he messed up, he would run to God and say, God, one more time, I need your mercy and grace. One more time, God, I'm coming back to you because you're my source, you're my creator, you're my healer, you're my redeemer, you're my all in all. And God, I submit to you, I, I humble myself before you, I receive your mercy. You know, your mercy endures, your grace is sufficient, right? That's our message, you guys, that's the hope of the gospel. That's why you're here. That's why we're celebrating. That's why we sing. That's why we give. That's why we serve. Because God is, in fact, so faithful, so good, so present to help. He answers prayers. Promises are true. In fact, they're all yes and amen. It's awesome. Walk in the light instead of walking in the darkness. Do not practice, uh, you know, uh, just going in and out of it. Just be a lover of truth. Not my truth. Uh, you know, they really need to hear your truth. Well, you know, that's crazy. That Isaiah said that woe to those who call evil good and good evil, darkness light and light darkness, bitter sweet and sweet bitter. 
There's a convoluted flip that keeps happening. The world is nuts. The whole world lies in the power of the evil one. Good news, though. We overcome by faith. And it's not to be an us and them dynamic where we polarize and become the isolated religionists, but where we go, wait a minute, but for the grace of God go I, and I was, I'll never forget how lost I was, and I'll never forget how dead in my sins I was, and I'll never forget how confused I was, and I'll never forget how undeserving I was, I'll never forget how empty I was, and I'll never forget how mean and evil I was. Jesus, you saved me, and that's the only difference. That's my message. It's not holier than thou. It's just Jesus makes his presence available, and if you or I or anybody calls upon the name of the Lord... He, she, or they will be saved. Say, walk by faith. Walk in love. Walk in the Spirit. Walk in the light. Number five, walk in the truth. You'll know that truth. I told you this already, but 3 John 4, he said this. And, and, and this is one of the last words of John Wesley, too. He said, children love one another. And he said, walk in the truth. And the best thing is God is with us. I've been reading the famous last words of some of these believers. He says, I have no greater joy than this, said John the Apostle, to hear of my children walking in the truth. Oh, the truth. Jesus, when Thomas asked him, he said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life, not your truth and my truth, and it's all variable, and it's relative and pluralistic and relativistic, and my truth and your truth. That, that, that's not a correct definition of what truth is. Truth is the opposite of error. People hate absolutes, but sin separates us from God, and the wages of sin is eternal death, sin, hell, is real, black and white. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus, and that's the truth. And John said, I have no greater joy than this, that to hear when the people are walking in the truth, as opposed to error and as opposed to falsehood. That's why you and I, we should stay in the Bible and study to show ourselves approved as workmen who need not to be ashamed, handling accurately and rightly dividing the word. From Genesis to Revelation, we need to study the, the sacred writings, and immerse ourselves in the truth so we know the difference between right and wrong. Remember what Moses said, I, my main, this is what Jethro and Moses concluded, your main job is to make known to them the way in which they're to walk. That's what this message is today, the way in which they're to walk. The way is faith, the way is love, the way is in the spirit, the way is in the light, the way is in the truth, and the work they are to do. This is my last point. This is my last point, and I already jumped ahead, so some of you already know it, so don't close your book yet, but it's Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, and you, if you've come to this church any length of time, you hear me basically quote this verse probably every service, because it says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, for we, you and I, are his workmanship. In other words, the creator of the universe made Adam and Eve. And then all humanity since, we are constituted as his workmanship. In particular, what Paul is saying here about the new birth and the work of redemption. He's talking to the church. And he's saying, for we are, the believers are his workmanship, work of art. And have you ever been to the art museum where you could see modern art like Picasso or you could see classical like uh, 
Dutch art like Rembrandt. You know, we, we saw a Rembrandt painting in, in France where the velvet on the, the uh, model, the, it looked like velvet. It, it, it was amazing. My wife looked at it, said, look at how perfect that velvet is, and look at how, the, without any, any uh, electric light, um, Rembrandt was able to paint and reproduce these portraits. Has anybody ever seen a Rembrandt? They're amazing. Well, how about those Picassos with the ladies with two eyes on one side of their head? But so we're all works of art. So you may be sitting next to a Picasso or a Rembrandt. You decide. I'm just saying. One way or the other. For we are his workmanship. Say this out loud together. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Look at this. Which God prepared beforehand. Here it is. That we would walk in them. You're not done walking. There's more game left in you. And I'll tell you, some of the future stuff doesn't, it's not necessarily uh, going to be like what you've had in the past. Jo Joshua said, we've never passed this way before. The way I look at life is it's a big, old, fat, honking adventure. It's not just Groundhog Day where I got you, babe, every 6.10 every morning hit the alarm and just get up and do the same old thing. That's monotony, and that's not what Jesus designs. He designs us as his workmanship. He has amazing, I'm declaring this to you by the Spirit, as all these general things are acted upon, this will fuel you for your specific, unique role in the body of Christ. And I'll tell you another thing. Coming through a pandemic, coming through all the fragmented attitude in society right now, because this was similar in the cycle when I got saved in Southern California in the early 70s. Wars and rumors of wars, famine, pestilence, air pollution, uh, uh, food shortages, oil crisis, uh, hostility and venom between race and between ideologies and in, in, in uh, pol political structures, all those kinds of attitude, attitude wasn't probably as bad as the Roman Empire with uh, gladiators and evil. Probably not as, as insane as the Pharaoh would die and then they'd throw all his wives in there alive into the tomb. That's weird. You say, well, that's weird now, Pastor Jeff. Yeah, it's weird, but it's always been weird. And the reason there's weirdness is because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And we know that the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. And the devil is the small g, 2 Corinthians 4, 4, God of this world, who temporarily has this sort of pseudo run of the deal, but yet the God of peace will soon crush Satan underneath our feet. And God wants us to manifest his defeat by taking hold of the faith walk, the love walk, walking in the spirit, walking in the light, walking in the truth, and being consistent with this because we are his workmanship. In fact, we've been created in Christ for good works which God prepared beforehand. I watch people try to push in and project and try to make things happen. I've seen it, I'm seeing it. But if they that wait upon the Lord will gain new strength, they'll mount up on wings like eagles. Sometimes we'll fly and soar. They'll run and they'll not get tired. Sometimes we'll sprint. But all the time we'll walk and we'll not grow weary. Never stop walking. Say this with me, I walk by faith. I walk in love. I walk in the Spirit. I'm walking in the light. 
I'm walking in the truth. And I'm walking in good works. Let's stand up on our feet. Let's finish with Hebrews 13, 16. And uh, we're going to get ready to close. Do not neglect doing good and sharing. For with such sacrifices, God is pleased. Today, we're going to walk by faith and use our faith. Next time you see something that vexes you, say, Father, in the name of Jesus, we shall overcome. I am believing for change in this area. God, when you feel tempted to be bitter and hold people in contempt, Father, I bless those who curse me. I, I pray for those who despitefully use me. God, I lift them up to you. Help me to pray through till I stop being bitter. Help me not to be hateful. Help me not to despise or carry loathing. Help me not to be wrathful. The anger of man does not work the righteousness of God. I want to be as quick as that motorcyclist who said, it's okay, I forgive you. Right? Another time I, I cut in front of a pickup truck on, on 70. This was a long time ago. And uh, that guy signaled to me with some hand signals. He said some things I could read lips. I don't want to repeat it. But combined, I could tell he was mad. And we ended up pulling into the same 7-Eleven. And when we pulled into the 7-Eleven, I popped out of my car. He popped out of his uh, macho truck. And when he got out of his truck, he walked out. And I said, hey, you know that guy out in the highway that pulled cut you off that was me man and I am so sorry oh dude no problem look at somebody next to you and say dude no problem say this with me I walk by faith I'm walking in love I'm walking in the spirit I'm walking in the light I'm walking in the truth Speaking of truth, I've been telling you for the last two services that Tony Caminetti's coming next weekend. He's coming on the 20th and the 22nd. So we straighten that out. I practice in what I preach. Come on, man. Happy Mother's Day. God bless you guys. Go out with joy. Have a great day. God bless you.